0: Welcome everyone to Ron's Roundtable, your unofficial podcast for all things vFriends Compete & Collect gameplay. I'm your host, Ron, and I'm thrilled to be your guide in this exciting world of strategic fun. On this show, we're diving deep into the immersive universe of Friends Compete & Collect, exploring gameplay strategies, existing gameplay mechanics, and uncovering those hidden rule suggestions that can give you the edge that you need. Whether you're a seasoned CNC competitor or a hobbyist looking to enhance your skills, This podcast is for you. We'll be tapping into the expertise of fellow CNC enthusiasts and top tier competitors who will share their invaluable deck building strategies, tactics, and insights. You'll learn the secrets to outwitting your opponents and achieving victory. What's up? Can you hear me? Yo, what's going on, my friend?
1: What's going on, man? You got a nice, nice setup.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've been at this for a while, so it better be nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> totally. How are you doing today? Very i I'm good, man. We um Gala good. Music shirt Just, on. I like I like that. I know, man. It's a hypercolor. I don't
1: know if you were around when hypercolor was around, were you? I don't even know what that means. What does hypercolor mean? So were you a wee bit child? So in the nineties a lot of weird shit was in the nineties, but um this, this whole like T shirt cotton that like changes with heat. Based on when you wear it. Mm-hmm. There was a company, I don't know if it was the brand, I don't know if it was the company or the brand of the t shirt, but it was called a hyper color t shirt. And it was this. Like, it's just, this is just the latest example of what's old is new again, right? It's like oh, vinyl yeah. being back. This, like from 91 to 94, any kid in middle school, any kid in high school, like if you had a, a hyper color shirt and like, you know, people would pay, put handprints and stuff on it. So, I'm walking around VCon three months ago and they're handing these shirts out and I'm just like, I'm looking for anybody who looks like they're like in their mid forties or older being like, this is a fucking hyper color shirt.
0: They're like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally dig it. That was, uh, I know that I have, I have some things that are also hyper color. Like they change whenever that you run it under hot water or something like that. Yeah. It's like a 3d printed plastic, uh, keychain that I have. It's like, uh. Oh, very yeah. Like one of these things. So this is yeah. our, this is our dev company, NF Daddies. But yeah, we made these, and then like if you, uh, it's the purple one. If you if you throw the purple one under hot water, it will turn pink.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I just I I think though now look, I mean, wearables is different though, right? Because I guess it works if you're in high school. And the t-shirt's only touching your shoulders, but like, I got a gut, I got back fat. Like it's, it's a, it's <laughs> it a completely different situation at this age where like just different parts of the shirt are pink. And it's just a reminder when I look in the mirror, like, why am I,
0: it's, so it's yeah, like if this was spots. like a full
1: body interview or podcast, I would not be wearing this shirt. I just know that it stops here.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So it's, it's purple from the, from the, from the boobs down. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally,
0: totally. Oh, man. In
1: fact, this shirt was purple. It's all pink. And so, again, you go back, and, like, who thought a heat-activated T-shirt was a good idea? Like, nobody wants to see this, but, you know,
0: whatever. Something different. Yeah, it's uh you yeah. Just throw some water on there, squirt gun battles. You can never, totally. you couldn't lie. You couldn't lie and say, I wasn't out, like, in laser Can't. You can't. You can't. It's, like, a safer version of paintball, I guess. Yeah. You know. Dude, I was watching this video the other day of those guys doing airsoft guns. Um, they uh-huh. do those airsoft battles, and he was going through. They have like these little warehouses that they actually play these battles in, and it was intense. Even the little, um, speaking of like color changing, the little BBs that they use, they are almost like a neon green, so you can see them like whipping yeah. through the air. It was it was wicked to watch the video. It was it was really cool. Yeah totally man how you been what are you up to man i have been absolutely fantastic uh yesterday we went to the theater so i don't know if you get down into watching shows and and things like that but we watched this uh this show called six and it was the six wives Uh, of henry the eighth i think and they henry the eighth is famous because of his six wives and he beheaded one of them and a whole bunch of stuff so we went to that and it was uh it was really fun it was like uh, an hour-long concert is really what it was. So it was a single act. Very cool. It was fun. Yeah. So we've been doing stuff like that. We, last week, we went to uh, – we've been really into the music this week. A uh, DCI is a band competition. So we watched that. Yeah, just getting a little bit of culture in my life uh, in, in between the C&C craze. Well, I know, man. Who's we? Who's we in your life? Oh, my daughter, uh, my stepson, and my wife. Cool, awesome. So the four of y'all, yeah.
1: Um, we saw a movie called Theater Camp over the weekend. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of it. What's this about? It's it's pretty good. It's about a high school theater camp. It's like for all the thespians and the art artists and the creative. It's about the kids that kind of don't fit in, right? Sure. Like the not popular crowd, um, and just all the eccentric the eccentricities of not just the kids, but the camp counselors and kind of <laughs> art teachers and theater teachers. It was really, really funny. Uh, we just finished watching The Bear, and two people from The Bear are on it. Um,
0: it's a Will, you know, Will Farrell, Molly Gordon, a bunch of really cool people Got it. produced it. It was really funny. It was really funny if you want to check it out. Yeah, we went and watched Barbie a couple weeks ago, too. Watch that one. That was an interesting movie as well. I liked it.
1: <coughs>
0: what was funny? Well, that
1: was our final, too.
0: It was Barbie or Theater Camp. Okay. The timing for Theater Camp just worked out better. Worked really, out so. way better. Got it. All right. Well, just so you guys all all know, you, this is the thing that you should be going and doing. Don't just focus in on one thing. Spread it out. Spread out the love. Yeah. Don't get uh. Don't get sucked. Life in too is way hard. too short. I know,
1: man. I know. Whether it's whether it's the people you spend time with, or what you call your career, or where you live. I mean, you've seen. You know, at the PFP, the behind the PFP. But like. I just, I'm just fortunate that I've been able to craft a life where I've just done a lot of stuff. I've met a lot of people. I've, and you know, none of it was like aspirational to go like up into the right. It was just like, I don't know. You only live one life. You only have so many waking hours. May as well try to explore and learn and absorb and build relationships as much as you can. So like, yeah, do other shit, like have other hobbies, right? Balance your life as much as you can.
0: And that's the part too, for me, that's really opened my eyes. And even with these cards and collecting in general and NFTs, and the only reason why I'm even into any of it is because I accepted something that I had no idea about, and I just wanted to learn more. And you don't do that by just doing the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah. And it introduces you to new people, new ideas. And and shoot, I've I've taken a lot of the ideas from new stuff, applied it to the old stuff that I was doing, and made it better. And it happens totally. all the time. All the time.
1: Totally. Totally. It's like when you get, it's it's possible, I don't know, it's possible to focus, to over-focus. You know what I mean? It's almost like when you take a step back and take the blinders off, that allows you eventually to focus
0: even more efficiently and optimally than you would have if you just live your entire life just looking straight ahead. For sure. I was listening to a podcast. Anybody who's listened to this podcast or my other one, uh, Growth Mindset Moment, you know that I am a uh, growth mindset junkie. And one of the podcasts that I listen to constantly is called Hidden Brain. And inside of that podcast, it was last week, they were talking about whenever you're stuck in a rut. So, whenever you get stuck in this rut, you're just like kind of focused on the rut. And they said, you know, whenever, just to your point, Raul, is whenever you take a step back and try and focus in on something else and progress in another area of your life, it actually helps you progress in the area that you were in a rut in. And that to me was Mm -hmm. fascinating because I'm like, that makes total sense. Whenever people say take a step away from the problem at hand, and, and go do something else. It's almost like a diversion, but really in the back of your mind, you're, you're still thinking about that other piece, but the momentum of moving forward in some piece of your life helps you in the other. Yeah. Way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's true in sports training, right? Like with youth
1: these days, you know, you focus on basketball at the age of 12, and now you're just playing basketball or travel baseball year round. And like, The great athletes, if you go back and, you know, Bo or Dion or whoever, they played like eight sports till Mm. they were in high school because your muscles need that as well. Like it's not just your brain, it's not just your soul, but your muscle. It's everything. Like you can't, you know, you can't constantly live your entire life in a state of tension, right? At some point, you got to relax your muscles and take a step back
0: and then just do whatever is next and then go back to what you were doing, you know? Yeah. And if you try and do too many repetitions, of the same move you wear down your body anyhow so like i think the same things true for your brain your eyes your feet like all of it's the same everything fatigues so you got to give it a rest yeah totally no i appreciate that well (laughs) this this podcast is not supposed to be the growth mindset moment pocket this is supposed to be about cards but bam raul whenever you and I have to chat and um we we met a couple times in real life um, I yeah. don't think I got to meet you at VCon, but I definitely met you uh, at National. We've exchanged a couple uh, Discord messages as well, and um, it's just been an absolute pleasure to to hang around you. Know that you're an LSU Tiger, true and true. Yeah, and um, yeah, you also have the the Day One uh, program, yeah, which is like an entrepreneurial track program. Um,
1: yeah.
0: also associated with with um, with Vayner and, and V Friends. Correct. 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 Yeah. yeah and a reigning champion of compete and collect the very first inaugural tournament which i'm sure that you're still like what is that even what does that even mean it's, for you at yeah. this point it's
1: i mean it's look i've got this i mean i'll just i don't know if this is great for your viewers but like i got this uh look i got the board up there uh-huh i got i got the bracket down here i mean it's still a big and, part of my and, It's a conversation topic now, right? Like now, because of all the videos and everything that blew up on Twitter, you know, friends that come in town or like folks we have over or pool parties we go to or whatever, like they're like, dude, weren't you, did you win a game or something? And so I've actually, you know, for somebody who works with founders and startups and you're always talking to people about how to optimize your elevator pitch and your intro, like I've had to work on like how do you introduce what this is to people, you (laughs) know what I mean? It's an interesting Interesting exercise, but it's been awesome. How really, do you introduce I, it? I say that it is a card game, sim, and it, you know, you got to know your audience, right? So you could say Pokemon to some people, for some people you say Uno, but basically it's a card game where the cards are a really, really fun game that kids can play and adults can play. Um, but the cards themselves are also collectibles, and so I got into this from the collectible aspect, being a baseball card, you know, collector. Okay. way back in the day. Um, but I just was amazingly um, selected to be part of the first playtest tournament, and I won it, and my life's changed, you know, basically. Yeah.
0: And then whenever you start talking about different cards, uh, like maybe baseball cards or football cards, mm-hmm. things like that, do people start to perk up and be like, man, I used to collect cards?
1: Every, yeah, totally.
0: Pretty much totally. everybody, right?
1: Pretty much everybody, or they knew somebody, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, either them or 1 degree away everybody has collected cards. And you could even take it a step further. My mom, right? My mom is a 75-year-old Indian woman who moved here. You know what I mean? And she and so back in India she collected stamps. Okay. So even when I was collecting cards, and again, we can totally go on another thing, but as an immigrant firstborn kid in America in the 80s, you're trying to find things in your childhood to relate to your parents' experience, right? And it's very difficult. My parents lived a very different upbringing when they were 12, 13, 14 than I was. But I was collecting these cards and my mom was like talking about, yeah, she collected stamps when she was a kid, you know? So this idea of collecting something physical you can hold,
0: I think it's universal. Absolutely universal. It doesn't matter what, where you're at in the world, somebody's collecting something physical. I, I truly believe yeah. that. Um. What is your, whenever you were growing up then, what was your grail card?
1: Oh man, I was a, um, there were a couple, clearly they weren't grail enough for me to hold on to there. They, they were in an attic somewhere and I think they're gone. Like they, we have tried finding in my parents' attic, but it's gone. Um, so again, I'm a Texas, Louisiana guy. Um, big fan of the eighties Astros. And so there was this guy named Glenn Davis, um, who was traded to the Orioles in 89, but I had a whole bunch of Glenn Davis cards, a whole ton. And and then I moved to Baton Rouge in 1987 or 88. um, And my first college basketball game, there was this guy named Shaquille O'Neal who was pretty good. And so I had a whole bunch of Shaq rookie cards, probably 30 Shaq rookie cards. I had the 89 Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck. I had a whole bunch of Frank Thomas cards. A uh, couple of Jordan cards, I had the one where he was, you know, I didn't have the rookie or anything like that, but a whole bunch of Jordans from that, like, 90 to 92 era when he went off to play baseball as well. I had the Bo Jackson. There was a sideways card, a score card, where he was wearing the football pads and the baseball. You know, so for back then, being a seventh, eighth grader, probably the top 10 people that, um, that everybody was collecting. But to go back to your question, probably that 89 Griffey Jr. upper deck, um and i think there was a shack rookie that i pulled at a card shop somewhere oh, how way about back it? in seventh grade now
0: were yeah. you are you were you a guy who was taking them to school and trading or were you were you oh, yeah. yeah
1: oh yeah binders man binders upon binders like and i don't know what kids are they my you know my son's too so i don't know but i mean you were lugging a backpack yeah just going to school you were lugging like 50 pounds and so, like, to stick a three ring binder in there as well. But yeah, we would trade cards in the library before school started. One of my best friends to this day, like, we've both been in each other's weddings. Like, every time we'll kind of, it'll randomly come up. But, you know, we were trading cards, and another kid tried to kind of pilfer one of mine. And my buddy was like, "Hey man, don't take this card." And it still comes up to this day. Hey man, don't forget I saved you that a rod or was not a rod? But you know, yeah. I saved you that one card. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, we were trading all the time, man.
0: That's really cool. You had a little partner in crime. Were you like, uh, were you checking Beckett and things like that, checking prices all
1: the time, all the time, all the time?
0: That was my first. Um, <laughs> that was
1: that was my, uh, you know, thinking back on Beck- Beckett's and treating that, like the grail, you know, um, was my first really lesson in economics and markets and how they really work. <laughs> and Truly. the realization that just because somebody printed a thing in a book a month ago um, <laughs> is nice to talk about, but until you actually find a buyer, um, it's
0: it's nothing. <laughs> exactly. you know, that's totally right. And sometimes cash in hand is better than trying to find the optimal buyer. Um, and, and I have found- Yeah, I would
1: say always cash in hand, right? Yeah. And now- You think about the market, you think about real estate, you think about venture, you think about at the end of the day, cash on hand is what counts. And Mm -hmm. um, all the uh, stuff sounds really good. It's great stories to tell, but um, it don't mean nothing.
0: It doesn't. And I like that you brought up that it was like your first economics class uh, and and little Mm -hmm. exposure to that because it really is like you can have all the Shaquille O'Neal rookie cars that you want to, but if nobody wants to buy them, they don't mean shit. (laughs) Like they just don't. Yeah, totally. And now that we have an opportunity to put them on the internet, though, that changes the game. It does. Yeah, because now you have a
1: massive market, right? You have the global market. You also understand fees, right? So now you're trying to figure out, okay, well, does it make sense? If somebody ultimately is going to take a 25% cut, now whatever I buy now, I have to think has to appreciate more than 25% just to break even. These are things you know, you're seven, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, you don't really think about that stuff, but sure. yeah. Yeah. These are all real life lessons. The other big thing that I think is even true in our discord is there's traders and then there's collectors, right? And, and that mindset is different based on how you, you view value today, why you're buying, right? If you're looking for arbitrage, then man, you're going to negotiate down to the dollar, because you're buying a thing in order to flip it because you're yeah. a trader. If you're somebody that said, I just want to hold on to this collection for 10 years, there are times where you might not mind paying a 20% premium because it checks a box off your collection. You don't have to worry about it. The cognitive load is gone. And maybe down the road, you'll get something for a 20% discount. But over time, you know, there's got to be some discipline there. But you know, that's true as well. There's traders and there's collectors and you've got to be able to identify who you're talking to to be able to understand what their goals and objectives are so you can come up with a deal
0: that's unique for sure i think that that goes that goes a long way too i know that that cognitive what did you call it cognitive something
1: so cognitive load is this yeah. idea of like having a to-do list right and just the mental like i could we could get off this podcast we could talk about something that i've got to do by the end of the day but i've got to get to my job after this The cognitive load of like me knowing in my subconscious, oh, I got to do something at 6 p.m. That's what really wears us down, right? That's the, the, because that list just keeps growing. Mm -hmm. And so that's sitting there weighing on you.
0: Yeah, I was just going to kind of share a story. I had a cognitive load about one of the cards that I was missing from my collection. And it's finally, it'll be in my collection today. And the release of knowing that I'm done, like I'm done with the the set now, I'm like, wow, I feel, I feel like a relief that that's done. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: It's absolutely crazy. It is. It's, it's done. It's done. And, and again, obviously we don't have to get into details, but like, yeah, yeah. there's a world where you would have probably been okay with giving up a little bit more than you typically would just to check that box and have it be done. Right. Like that's, that's just the, that's the difference. Yeah.
0: For sure. So let's dive in a little bit on the actual game, Compete and Collect game. So in on this podcast, yeah. we like to talk about strategy. Uh, you obviously had a strategy that a lot of people are copying now that I don't think was on anybody's radar. And it has to do with... Let, let me ask you this. What do you think about the rule yeah. set at the moment uh, as it stands? With the 15 rarity points and being able to um, challenge on sub scores and then go total score. What, what are your thoughts on that at the moment?
1: Um... I think it was a great start. It's a fantastic foundation upon which you can build different variations of the game, right? So you can do the same thing and add a rule that says cards only in the 50s total score, or you can have no rares, or you can have only specs or whatever, whatever it is you want. But for the purpose of what a playtest is designed to be, I thought it was really, really good rules because, um, and I said this before, it's just, it's, a kid can play it and then adults can turn around and play it with sunglasses on and make it feel like the world series of poker. And like, that's a very unique. Yeah. Right. That's just a really unique dynamic that that was there. So, um, but yeah, but that's my long answer of, of to that question. No, and that's I think great. it's a really good foundation.
0: Wouldn't it be fun to see, um, uh, like a Pokemon trainer card come into, into effect where like it has some sort of, some sort of, uh, attribute that that affects the cards but then it's like maybe you're one of the characters and like the top three characters like the top three people in the game actually are characters from or are people from the competing collector yeah wouldn't that be cool that would be awesome that would be awesome Like if it were there was a raul trainer <laughs> yeah the pot, well right now my stock's pretty
1: high because uh because of, of this guy so the yeah I maybe mean, that that would that would be pretty cool. You
0: know, I wonder um, how many of those cars they went through to get a pristine 10. Yeah. How yeah, many cars do you think exist? Well, I don't
1: think any exist anymore. My guess would be they, they probably, probably submitted them. 100 and then whatever, you know, they then they shredded 99 of them. Yeah. I but mean, you, they probably yeah.
0: ran a whole sheet of them though, right?
1: I mean, that would be my guess. Yeah. That's
0: what I would think too. They would have to run like yeah. a sheet of it. And then to get yeah. submit a bunch of them, get the pristine ten, and then shred the rest.
1: Yeah. I mean I still have I mean this is probably not a talk for this convo, but I still have a whole bunch of thoughts on just humans grading cards and just the inconsistencies and the bell curve and
0: like Do you like the you know, do you like the AI version of grading cards?
1: I think I do. Yeah. I generally don't I mean this sounds very Black Mirror and I tend to think we need humans, and I believe that robots might destroy the world. Like, totally sure. think that. But, but um, yeah, it just it's there's just too there's just too much variation. That's what I think too. I mean, I, I, I think about this all the time, and all these people sending hundred card submissions to PSA. I know it's all blind. I know it's all supposed to be blind, and nobody knows anything. But you've got to be thinking they're grading on a bell curve. You've got to be thinking someone somewhere is like a hundred cards came in and so we can only grade at max 10 of them a 10. Mhm. I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting concept because the uh, what was the the grading the grading system that um, that was right beside the V friends booth? What tag. Tag. Yeah, tag. Yeah. Their system was insane. So you get the industry So I dropped a couple off there. Yeah, please. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I dropped a couple off there. Still waiting to get them back. Yeah. So what you do is you get the industry grade. Let's say it's a nine. Actually, you know what? Let's say it's a 10. Let's say you get a 10 as an industry grade. But they also give you the tag score, which is out of 1,000 points. And then they break down... Mm everything that is incorrect on that card, whether it's a scratch, it's off-centered, blah, blah, blah. And then they give you a detailed report that you can actually go in, click on, it zooms into the area that they they dinged you on, and you can actually see it the way that the computer saw it. Um, And then from that, you get a tag score. So let's say it was a 10, but a tag score of 978, which... I yep. think that's actually a really high score for them. So, like maybe nine thirty-eight or something. Yeah, yeah. Now, and it's all based on AI that they run through, and they they actually tell you exactly what they're measuring, what they're supposed to be, and then what your card actually is. And I was I was dumbfounded by what they were doing there. Which card did I you think drop really- off? I dropped a bunch off there, actually.
1: So uh, we'll see it again. Like, there's all this, you know, I I go to the Discord every now and then I see all the the civil war between PSA and CGC. And (laughs) I'm just like,
0: I'm not even going to introduce tag. (laughs) What are
1: people going to think about me? You know, I mean, Um, I've actually said this to some friends in the Discord. We just kind of laugh. Um. I think it's really cool, right? Like, I just think it's 2023 and there's science and data behind everything. And, you know, for somebody to... I mean, look, there were a bunch of really cool box openings last night and I watched a little bit while I was working. And Yeah. But the fact that, like, somebody submits two cards, one comes back an eight, one comes back a nine and they just shrug their shoulders, like, just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It's just... And now you're squinting and trying to figure out what's wrong with the card. Right. Just kind of doesn't make sense to me.
0: You know? Especially when there's something better out there that can give sense to why you get the grade that you get right you know you whenever whenever i saw the detailed report i mean i sat there and talked to that dude for probably 35 minutes because i was just like holy crap this is cool so he's pulling up on his ipad like a detailed report of the card so you just like scan the little qr code it pulls up the report and you just you take a look at it and the fact that you can actually tell what was wrong with the card or what was right with the card Makes so right. much more sense than this arbitrary yeah. number. And like these are
1: human beings, man. Like I know PSA's changed some stuff, and I probably shouldn't even say this because the podcast. But like, I've known a couple of people who were graders, and like their mood that day matters, and like the card they just graded prior to that matters, and like, yeah. it's just all this stuff really shouldn't matter. And so I went to the the tag guy, and I was like, like um, okay, let's just have real talk, man. People submit cards. Yes, they say they want, no, they want 10s. That's the reason people submit cards. They want the value of their cards to go up 10x. Why should I do something here where literally you're going down to microscopic quark level? Like these are cardboard (laughs) pieces that have been handed in trucks and whatever. Like why should I go to a place like you that literally is saying like we're going to go down to microscopic levels? Like isn't the odds of me getting a 10 lower here? And the answer was that, well, we have all the data. We've got 10 years of data now of different cards. We understand now what's realistic. So they've set a baseline of what realistic corners need to look like, eights, nines, tens, you know, in the past. And so to me, that was a reasonable answer. He's like, we're not looking for perfection. sure What we're looking for is where does this sit on the scale of what a reasonable 10, 9, 8, 7. And we'll just be able to give you details of whether it was centering or color or you know this or that. Um, so I'm pretty excited. Let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, definitely. So back to the rule set, though. Um, whatever yeah. you – so you, you like the rule set as it stands right now just for the prototype game. Uh, so some of the strategy that you implemented – because those of you don't, who don't know the game um, – take a look at some of the recent podcasts we've done and some of my YouTube channel to get an understanding of the game. So go there and then come back to, to this spot. But those of you who, who know the game, 25s for King, and you created a deck that had cards that wouldn't necessarily be on the radar, but now they are on the radar. Um, the Electric Eel and the Skilled Skeleton. Can you, can you run me through kind of what your thought process is was behind putting those into a high stakes deck
1: yeah so i'm just yeah i'll dive into all of it and it's really not that complicated it's really simple um so i've shared with some folks but i was also fortunate enough i've been collecting a insane amount of cards i got 100 boxes here so i had just finished my first core set like the week prior to the tournament so going in i had an advantage that i didn't have to go out and like buy cards or whatever, or crack slabs. I had a whole bunch of rock cards. So that's number one, the advantage. Um, my mindset was that like, there's going to be a bunch of whales in this tournament. There's going to be a bunch of people that have like six core sets and like all these epics and all these specs and stuff that I don't have. And so I went in with a couple of design thoughts. One was everyone's going to have a 25. Like, honestly, if I don't have a 25, I should have no expectation of winning a battle, Right. And so then you go into it and you map it out and people had shared spreadsheets. I'm not saying I'm the only one who did this, but there's a very clear list of the 25 scores and the eel and the skeleton, even though they're weak in the other two areas fell into that list. And so, and it's very, it's actually, it's actually very symmetric. There are 16 cards out of all the cards that have a 25 score. Right, So that counts the eel, but it also counts the Persian. And I believe, don't crucify me if I'm wrong here, but I believe there's only four cards that have 24s across. Hmm. What's 16 plus 4? 20. So for me, the characters to be involved in the deck was like, it was a no-brainer. If you had the luxury of having them all in front of you, in my mind, it was like pick all the ones that have a 25 possibility and the three with 24 across. So that's how I picked my 20 characters. And then I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going in with this mindset of like a 24 is the same as a four, then my my four cards with 24s across are my weakest cards. And so those are the ones that I um, substituted the core for the very rares. And so then I thought to myself, if I'm in some sort of back and forth with 24s and I need an escape shoot, I can TTT and hopefully the very rare will win and thus far a very rare has always kind of won even if it's gone head to head against a rare. But but that's kind of my logic of why to include those two cards. I agree that the strategy around those two cards is very different than the other ones because there's a lot more at risk because you're definitely gonna lose if it's not on that 25. And that's just, that's the poker player in me being like, okay, when that card comes up, there's a game within the game and how much do I really wanna expose myself if I'm not gonna be able to call somebody on that 25.
0: And do you like running those as your rare cards as well? No, I have. So the other thing
1: is, I didn't go out and buy cards. So I don't have. I think if I would have had a rare of those two, I would 1 million percent do it. Yeah. you're right. That's another escape. I hatch. think
0: that that's, that's the way to run those cards. And I've talked about this relentlessly. I think that the skilled skeleton is a better play than the energetic or what is it yeah energetic eel. electric eel yeah. uh just because there are more cards that have the skill that you could tie with versus cards that have the stamina that you would tie tie with with the uh with or, or um yeah with stamina with the eel what are your thoughts yeah. on that like do you want to tie more do you want to do you want to win more do you think that there's more opportunity for you to actually hit on the skeleton versus the eel because there are more cards with 25 skill? What do you think? I think they're the same. Like I said, my mindset is the same. When I look at the eel and
1: the skeleton, I see the same exact card. I see a 25 and I see two losing numbers. Like I'm telling you, that is my mindset. Yeah. I don't, I don't draw a difference between, again, unless the rules change, to me, a 16 and a 23 are exactly the same. I, yeah. I'm going in with the headspace that I'm losing. And so to me, both of those have 125 and the game is then how do you get to the 25? Right. And that just depends on whether you're attacking or defending. Yeah. You know, there is a scenario where there is a scenario where you're attacking and you call the thing that's an 18. I forget what it is. The aura, I think on the eel. Yeah. There's very much a scenario where I look at the board and I'll just take the loss because you're right. You don't want to play it out. Right. Cause I, I heard you, I think it was on your last podcast, but like, and that's okay. Again, drawing a poker parallel, it's okay to fold a decent hand Absolutely. when you think the other
0: person might have a better one. Like, What do you think about folding your hand and not showing the person your card? Yeah,
1: it's very interesting. I saw that on one of the tournaments last week. Mm-hmm. I think the norm thus far has been to show. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I, th- I think you show. I think right now that seems to have been a norm at the tournament. Um. Yeah.
0: Because I, I, I think I it gives you show. a competitive advantage not to show because then the person that you're facing doesn't know, right. especially in a, like a best of three, a best of five. Yeah. So I think folding that card, don't show your opponent is definitely a competitive advantage. And I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see us as a community come around and say what we want versus do we just leave it yeah. open ended you, it's your choice. Um, because in poker, it's your choice. So you don't have to, you just say, Hey, I yeah. love you. Sorry. Have you seen that?
1: Have you seen people defer and yes. be like, "Uh, ah, whatever you want to do because I wouldn't do that." I mean, I'm a pretty competitive dude, like Yeah. if I think I should show it and you're like, yeah, hey, I'm not going to show you." I'd probably raise think. I think a stink.
0: there are definitely 3 players right now that play in pretty much all the tournaments that fold their cards a lot. And um mm. <laughs> Josh Courage is one of them. Uh, Greek God yeah. is another. He he folds his cards a lot. Um and there was one other person I can't remember exactly who it was. But they have been folding their cards, and um, I'm just really interested to see what happens um, as far as, like, is it negative with us as players? Like, do we see it as a negative? Are we going to call it out? Because um, I think moving forward, I'll, I will call it out if somebody doesn't show. i would be like, dude, just show yeah. your card. Like, I'd be interested to see what kind of rub that ends up having. When, if, if you win the yeah. coin toss at the beginning, are you attacking yeah. or are you deferring? Deferring every time, and
1: I—that's what blew my mind at the
0: tournament. Yeah, what blew my
1: mind at the tournament is—and again, cognitive load. This goes back to our cognitive load conversation, right? You go into this tournament, nobody's ever played it, nobody knows what the hell's going on, really. It was like dark in there, it was kind of loud, it was just all this stuff, right? Yeah. And you go in thinking, okay, I want to win this thing, and there's all these decisions to make. After like the second round, when you real, when I realized that like most people, when they won the the thing. That they were choosing to attack i breathed a sigh of relief to be like cool that's one less thing i have to worry about because it seems like i'm going to be able to defend yeah it just blew my mind that like people haven't yet all realized that like (laughs) defending you have the the advantage in the game when you have the ability to make the choice absolutely it's again poker poker you know hopefully the poker stuff doesn't annoy you but like not at all it's the reason people want to sit on big blind you get to see what everybody else does Precisely. and then you get to decide.
0: But yeah. I think so too. And I, so you were the first one to do it to me at the tournament and I was like, yeah. damn, that's, I like that. Because whenever I think back on it, now I, I'm i like, I like being on the defense because I can either, maybe you played into exactly what I wanted and then I can direct traffic to where I want to yeah. go and then just deny it and go total. Like, uh, there's being this on defense co- is this, the way
1: this whole eel skeleton conversation completely hinges on
0: this, whether you're attacking or defending, yeah, it completely changes. For sure. Yeah, well, hey, let's uh, do you want to play a game? You got a deck ready? Yeah, oh, let's, let's do it. it. Right. Yeah, I got, right, I got the let same me, deck, uh, man. That I've, yeah, let me get my pocket cam ready and um, and I'll we'll be ready to rock and roll. Oh, I got to get
1: a box. That's what I did last time. So you, you don't see have
0: to. Things. I, I, tr- we're, just, we're just having fun here. Yeah, but still, let me.
1: Get one just so you can see it okay. better, better
0: visuals. That's so she said, guys. The, those of you who listen to the podcast, you know that this is always the time where like shit kind of goes silent for a minute until we get things rolling. All right, let me audio off on this, admit this guy into the meeting.
1: Oh yeah, man, you got everything.
0: You got the chips, the TTT. All right, cool. Let me uh, let me load up the my OBS here. And then where cuz I like to screen record the gameplay. I think it's uh I just mm-hmm. think it's important for people to see how to play it. Window capture. Alright, cool. Start recording and yeah, lunch anyway. Alright, cool. We're ready to go. Let's do it. So that was goofy. All right, so call heads or tails. Heads. It is heads. You'll probably what? Defend first? <laughs> I will defend first, yes. Alright, do you wanna let like, me to shuffle again? It's I like looking shuffle. in the mirror.
1: Um let's just shuffle for like two seconds and okay. maybe a cut or
0: something. Got it. I've had an issue right now where like my rares just keep sticking together and it's really Yeah. Annoying. So I like before well
1: i don't think top loaders were designed to be shuffled it's really one of the bigger
0: i don't (laughs) think so either but what i've been doing is instead of because before what i was doing was like i was stacking all of all of the rares very rares like on top and then all the cores i've now like intermixed the cards before i even shuffle yeah just to try and get rid of that
1: all right you almost have to like pre-randomize before you shuffle okay we're ready yes
0: sir I attack stamina. I'll attack skill. Deny. Aura. Accept. Whoop. 24. 25. I got 24. I was going to call TTT, and then I was just like... Oh, yeah, you would have got... It's yeah. like it's too early. It's just too early. All right, so you got three in right, and aura. Three aura off the bat. Yes, sir. And now you on the tack. All right. On the attack. Let's go aura. Deny stamina. Accept. You got that eel? Your your favorite. <laughs> I was trying to bring it back to skill. Just, yeah. Just to try it out. All right. So you got two stamina. That was personal. Not for me, but the eel. I'm sure the eel felt a little bit of redemption. He probably does. I talk a lot of (laughs) shit on the eel. I talk a lot of (laughs) shit on the eel. (laughs) Uh, Let me attack stamina. Um. Let me attack... Skill. Deny. Aura. Mm.
1: Total score. Mm. Ninety. Seventy-four. Oh
0: man, you got me, buddy. Nice. Dang. Whew, I, pulled, well played. I pulled you away. I pulled you away from your 1 yeah. One, one, one. All right, you got the attack. Yeah, let me move these things up so you can see everything.
1: All right. It's me, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Let's do – what are the
0: blue ones again? Uh, so these are Aura, Stamina. Got it. So scale. it's the same way from my view. Yeah, I awesome. Didn't Thank have you. Any, I didn't have any yellow. I didn't have any yellow no, it's all good. chips. It's all good. Um, Let's go with Aura. Deny stamina. Deny skill. Except twenty-five. Twenty-five.
1: Hey. All right. This is where the game gets wild. These these tie pots.
0: Yes. So I was working on a couple things, and this is a little bit of alpha. So I'm working with Dale on a different um, on some like cards to use mm-hmm. in where like you don't get the pot. But you have to power up your spell card with your gems or uh, or with one of your wizard cards. So I'm calling them spell casts. Oh. So you can either power them up with this with like a gem or power them up with mm-hmm. like a hollow wizard.
1: Oh, well, I got a whole bunch of wizard cards, man. So sign me up for whenever, of- <laughs> you know. Yeah. So anyhow,
0: that's something that, that we're working on. There's like a bunch of different variations. That's awesome. All right. You, yeah. ret- you retain the attack. Hmm. Let's go stamina. Deny TTT. Oh, TTT. Dang. 71. 91.
1: All right. All right so, so you got 222. Two, two. Oh. oh, and you get the thing. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, so well I'll played. All
0: those. All right. All right. So you are stacked. And then my TTT is used. All right. You're up, correct? Yeah. I attack aura. I'll attack stamina. Deny skill. Accept. 25. 25. Ooh, three into there. All right. This is
1: it, man. I lose the skill. It's over.
0: All right. Still my attack. Go stamina. TTT. Very rare. 108. <laughs> Good call yeah took out my heart pick though i know and then you get one of each so i've got three
1: four and i can't see them when they're yeah there we go i got three four and
0: three is that what that is oh sorry yes you got one two three four one two three four 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 three yes
1: Four, four, three, and you've got five in the middle, right? Five of the yeah. Skill. One, two, three, four. All right. Five. Yep. You have a much more approached on your side. <laughs> well, it don't matter, man. You're there. You're almost there. Okay. I'm attacking. Correct.
0: Yep. Um. Aura. Accept. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Nice goat. I just All right, uh, thank you. My goat just came in the mail. It literally oh, just came in the mail. Nice. My wife just uh prodded in. That was the card. So cool. <laughs> it's the coolest card. It's the I card think. that I was missing. Cool. All right. We tied on that, right?
1: We tied on that. Yeah, okay. and it was the first, yeah, it was just one. Good. Aura. All right. Who's attack? Oh, I'm still attacking. Yeah, Got it. Okay. Yeah, still you. Um uh, Aura
0: Deny stamina deny skill. Except. Oh, you were flipping your card before. Oh, look at that. Well
1: played. It's been shocking how many times it's been Persian on Persian core in the past
0: couple of weeks. Yeah. Cat on cat. It ain't good. All right.
1: <laughs> um Stamina.
0: Deny skill. Accept. Twenty-five. Tw- Twenty-five. Nice card. <laughs> the bur- yeah. The burglar and admiral are very similar guys. They're like they're like cousins. Uh. So that's well. We don't have enough skill to go in the middle. Yeah. This is about to.
1: Right, still me, huh? Mm-hmm. Aura. Deny. Skill. Accept.
0: Got a 25. 25.
1: Ho ho! Your guy
0: came through. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of skill out there.
1: (laughs) A lot of skill out
0: there. A lot of skill out there.
1: It's me again. All right. Um, Aura.
0: except 24 24 We're tied yep nice Whew. tying on a 24 is like winning the lottery i know it is it's me again huh oh wait we need one of those in there yeah we
1: need one of those um stamina
0: Deny, skill. Deny, aura. My man wants to go total. That was a quick call. I know you're running very rares. We'll go total. Fuck it. Let me roll the dice. You got a very rare? Yeah. 108. I knew it. Unbelievable, man. I knew it. It was a quick call. I should have. What did you? Yeah, yeah we would have tied. It didn't matter. I had 24. What did you have? I had 24. Yeah, so we yeah, would have pushed that. Tied. And then next card, I had a Phoenix. What would you get? Next card. I had another. Yeah, so I guess it's
1: the shuffle thing. All my stuff was at the bottom. Yeah, there it is. Nah, good game, man. I, I appreciate
0: trooper. you. Good game, man. That was uh, so. It was nervous. So I'm curious, like, so like something yeah. that I just called out right there was like when you do the quick call on the third one, uh-huh. almost like just ready to make it happen to go total. I've noticed that when somebody quick calls the third one, they're sort of ready to go total.
1: Yeah. In that case. Yeah. Now just you called noticed. me on that. Right. So that, that was consciously done. Mm-hmm. Right. To make you think now, see you took that step, but some people might be like, Oh man, like maybe he was sitting on an eel and he just played his hand right to get to that final 25. Like but I knew it that- just depends on how, what you put me on and you put right. me on exactly what I had.
0: Yeah. which is the, awesome. The thing about it was, is I knew that you, both your cats played your goat played your eel was already played, so I knew we weren't worried about that. Like, that's what I mean. Whenever you show me the cards, I'm I'm thinking like what's already been played. Now, mm-hmm. where that doesn't help is on the reshuffle. However, right. like until the reshuffle happens, it's an, it's an interesting play to, to like yeah. know the cards that have been played, counting my odds against that, having a 24 mm-hmm. to go push. But then I knew personally that a lot of my rares have already been played. So, I'm like, well, I don't have much else ready to go because it sucked too. Because the only thing that I really had to go against you was that motivated monster, and he came out my very first card.
1: Yeah, your first card. So, that is just a rough stitch for sure. The other thing is, and not saying that you had an advantage in this, but like you kind of knew what my cards were because I've talked about, hey, I've very Rares or whatever, and I didn't know what you had, so I didn't know if you had a spec in there. I wonder if another variation of the rules going forward is instead of just shuffling, but maybe you show the opponent what your deck is, right? So everyone's starting out on an even, right? So I know, okay, you know what? Ron has a spec in there somewhere, so like, Mm -hmm. if I just get unlucky, or if I see that all he has are rares, I'm like, dude, like, I'm in a good spot. I wonder if that's the next iteration of, of leveling the playing field, or... Both people just go in blind and you don't know what the other person has.
0: Or, yeah, and you go in blind, but you can stack your deck how you want to. Right. No right. shuffling. You just stack it how you want to. That's an interesting yeah. play as well. Yeah. Well, well,
1: my one experience with that, which was at the, the takeover oh, night, so was horrible because I, I was out in so
0: the first round. So I got spanked by the child killer they called him killer. oh yeah yeah he was and then i watched him uh i watched him rip open a box on i think it was josh's stream the other night
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he was Well, does this this keeps me undefeated man i am yeah. uh this was that was in the back of my head on that last one where you're trying to figure out whether to to call the aura i was like this could be this could be the one it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm—I mean, I'm not—I'm doing the math here. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then I beat Tom four zero. Oh, that's ten. I'm eleven and zero, man. Eleven and zero.
0: Keep it up. <laughs> this is Keep crazy. Keep it up. <laughs> I the love pressure it. just keeps Listen, mounting, man. I—we'll uh, just—I'm just, just going to open it on stream with you, or on on this with you. Oh, sweet. So maybe if I can get this thing open looking for my razor blade i can't i don't see it i don't see it locally that's all right we got the tape off so we're gonna open up this uh the goat the goat very cool yeah i ended up making a deal on it i uh had to trade a couple cards Mm. but it was i think it's worth it like if you're gonna play in these in these tournaments you have to um you have to have this card in my opinion there's only 555 i mean that's that you can't get around that yeah you know right oh my goodness they didn't mess around on this one this is it is, is a, good you is appreciate that this is a box in a box yeah the
1: the nuclear <laughs> shower protection like the only
0: the only thing is is like I take the risk of getting excited and tearing the cards <laughs> because there's yeah, so much better. Yeah, be careful. All right.
1: So question for you is it are you is. before oh very nice. What's the number?
0: It is 395 at a 555.
1: Very nice. Yeah. So holding it in your hand, you know, a month ago or two months ago, people would have been like, this is awesome because it's like an awesome card or it completes my collection. But like now there's a third factor, which is like, I'm excited to put this in my game deck. Like, no, it's cool. what of those three emotions? Like, what's, what, what excites you the most holding it? To be like, you can play with it, it's a collectible, or it completes your set?
0: Um, man. What's the better of all of those? I think playing Not with it. Not so much better. Yeah, just like what excites you the most? Is probably I'm, the, I'm most the, excited yeah. to play with it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm so excited to have that now in the deck. It's another 25. Um, mm-hmm. It's. I just think that it's really important to have as many as you can. And now I have all the ones that you can possibly have inside of my deck. And yeah. that was really important to me. Yeah. now I can. Take I can that imagine one. there's a now feeling of like going into battle, I without the optimal deck. deck. I could take that. Out. Yeah, I know. see you. Get out of here, <laughs> fucking twenty fours across. Like they come up at the most inopportune times. I know. I like know. literally, came up with you with three skill on the line, and I'm like, bruh, really? Yeah. This is, this is where we're at. Like I yeah. lost. I lost against Rick Dog because I had twenty fours come up across the board I called on a nifty narwhal and he had he had a goat or something I think I'm I'm pretty sure yeah it was a goat so
1: in that case right because it sounds like you have the same mindset as me or like a 24 is iffy and a 23 might not get you anything it's like
0: yeah 23. I've taken
1: I've just taken the loss I just I look at the board and I'm like what does my opponent not have a lot of gems of
0: yeah and I'll just call that first almost hoping that you call me on it oh yeah no, totally. The problem was, is there was a tie bank and, and like, that's what spurred my, my brain into action. Talking with, uh, talking with rarity, Dale was like, bro, we need to like, just come up with some cards that blocks the ability for that person just to win immediately. Like it's going to cost me some gems. So there's going to be a little bit of stakes involved, but like, I'm going to sacrifice what I currently have to possibly win because I know like there's more cards coming up in my deck. And there's just yeah. more, more strategy involved with that. Somewhere. and your goal
1: is to like lengthen the game or have the game just not be so reliant on like the, It's the, so the, heavy the tie it's so heavy on the yeah. tie bank and then it becomes one version of the draw one version of it one version of it is like instead of three aura going in there, it's just one like whatever the last thing was, it's just one gem
0: yeah, that's instead of two or three yeah I sort of like that too.
1: If the goal is just to like not have yeah. the stakes be so high, on yeah, it's not eight. so
0: much to lengthen the game. It's just more so like I don't know. But then I think there's a, there's a lot to be considered, and I think the more hands that you play with different types of rules, will will show you what right. what's the optimal or what's more fun or I don't know. Well, another version of it is the
1: ratio, right? If you're playing to seven, and one tie literally puts. Just under 50% of what's winning there. Like maybe that's the thing. Maybe we're not playing to seven any yeah. longer. We're playing to 20 or something. Sure. Now all of a sudden, the, the, but I think, yeah, I get it, right? Like you win one thing, the next thing there's a tie. And I'm out in And let's fans. say it goes back to Aura, you're over in three matches just because like you're playing to seven.
0: Yep. So no, I agree. Well, Raul, thank you so much, my yeah. friend. Is there anything else you'd like to plug in before uh, before we part ways? No. For the day? No,
1: no, this is really good, man. I think, you know, just a little bit about day one quickly is like I know why you and I were jamming on the growth hacking piece so well is that's kind of what we do. We've talked about this pretty openly that um, you know, people who get into Web3 communities, NFTs, whatever got any of us into this world, they're generally risk takers, they're generally entrepreneurs, they're generally looking to, you know, not put all their eggs in one basket and they have a bunch of really, really cool ideas. And uh, we've just seen in the past 10 years or so, you know, call it the shark tank effect, people get an idea and all of a sudden they feel like the next thing they need is money to build out a team or build an app or whatever. And our whole thing at day one is like, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do that doesn't cost money that you can ship and test at pretty low risk, low cost. Um, and so we've just basically built a club, you know, an entrepreneur's club. We've been fortunate to have almost like a hundred um, friends community members in it. And so Again, reach out to me on Twitter, Discord, LinkedIn, whatever. But if anybody's interested, they've got a business idea, they're trying to get it off the ground.
0: Um, just yeah, hit me up. Heck yeah, and I will make sure that I link uh, all of your all of your ats inside of the inside of the show awesome. notes. But uh, if you do want to hit them on on Twitter, it's Raul B tweets right with a Z That's at it. the end. So no, not with a Z. That's no. at.
1: Um, although, do we have to change it to Rahul B X's now?
0: I don't know. Ah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. who knows whatever bx's that maybe that's it i think we're still tweeting all right raul yeah thank you so so much my friend until next time take care man this was awesome and have a good one yes sir don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to stay updated with each exciting episode until next time may your strategies be sharp and your decks ever victorious